Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona, and, and the, the world, world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email chttucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweed's Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products, accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweed's Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. All right, welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. Woo-hoo. I need my own Today Show band. What the heck? It's only been 10 years. I should get a Today Show band. Or something. <laughs> something to have uh, help me make my own noise other than my own self. For the best seat, it's June 8th. I can't even believe it. Oh, air my quiet. And so, how many days until Christmas? It's only 200 days until Christmas. I thought we were at the 199 month, but not quite. We get there. Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Happy to have you here. Drinking some Earl Grey. Kitties just ran down the hall. They're like, what the poop is going on now? Every week they get a little bigger and they get a little more aware and they're like, oh, wait a minute. She's doing the weed thing again. Everybody run. We're going to get high. They need it, though. They need to calm down. All of them need to just calm the heck down. Yeah, with some little magic. See you next. Oh, my besties are going to see Stevie Nicks in the front row this Sunday. Oh, oh, I'm supposed to be there, but I can't be, and that's okay, because I will be at another one, I'm sure, um, and hopefully she'll, I know she's going to come to Phoenix, so when she comes here, I'll be front row there. Dang right. All right. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, everybody. Big day. Happy birthday, Cannabis Kid. Yeah, happy birthday to you. You are in a beautiful area, hugging trees and having fun. And um, we are just so grateful for you. And we want to say happy birthday to you. All right. Welcome to Wednesday Wednesday, folks. Uh, your online radio podcast show or something or other 
hopefully that won't cut out anytime soon, uh, about all things medical cannabis, medical marijuana, marijuana, cannabis, anything, weed, whatever you want to call it. Um, we get that kind of, we get that all the time. Can't call it anything but cannabis anymore. All right. That's up to you. That's all right. Um, but we're doing a radio show, so we call it whatever the heck we want to call it. But right now, oh, 200 days till Christmas, pal. Um, I wanted to look up and, um, how long is this video? Oh, I wanted to play some videos. Um, and I wanted to find out some of the differences between the Delta 8s, Delta 10s, and what's a big, big to do is, uh, and I found, um, a scientific, uh, video and, um, why did my watch go off? I have that on silent. I have it on silent and airplane mode and it still went off. That's crazy. Um, text messages from my computer coming through. So maybe it wasn't my watch, but my watch went off too. Technology is so weird. All right. So anywho, we, uh, we're going to take a listen to some of those differences. But first, let's give a shout out to Tumbleweed Cell Center, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come down, get certified, get educated, get some hemp and CBD. And then also scoot on over to the Good Leaf at 6224 East uh, East Speedway Boulevard. So we're on Broadway and Speedway. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, who knew? That's crazy. Uh, so come on down and get some really wonderful hemp and CBD products. Um, just so you all know, CBD is not just, well, it is a thing in and of itself. I'll correct myself there. But um, when people come in, they're like, I want CBD. I don't want anything else. Um, they don't understand that they're getting CBD from hemp plants, um, which is the whole thing, usually. there are, We have a few products that are just CBD, um, and um, we also have some products that do not have the coconut MCT oil in them. Charlotte's Web makes a, a extra virgin olive oil capsule. Uh, if that's the case that you can't have the coconut for any particular reason, which somebody couldn't when they came in the other day. Um, so that was interesting. So we found we found a product that we have that has uh, extra virgin olive oil. So I thought that was really cool, actually. So anywho, you don't need to get certified to get any of our really great hemp and CBD products. But if you want to get certified uh, and get your medical marijuana card, you if you have PTSD, you have to have a note, an ongoing note from your doctor, your psychiatrist. Um, Cancer, same, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain covers darn near everything. Uh, severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy, um, HIV, hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's. Uh, and it goes all the way through dementia and all the other 28, 29 types of Alzheimer's. Uh, cachexia, wasting syndrome. We do see... Quite a bit of wasting syndrome. Not that's not good. Severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis, the seizures and the uh, the muscle spasms cover pretty much all that. Leg cramps, Parkinson's, um, tremors of sorts. Uh, it covers pretty much everything. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. 
Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification, health, and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. You can email thctucson at gmail.com. And then you can go to tumbleweedshealthcenter.com and check out, uh, there's a form at the bottom of the page there, right when you're on the first page, and you can fill it out and say, hey, how are you? Or just send us your secret code word, ice cream. We went for a lot of ice cream back in the day. <laughs> oh, good times with my best friends. I I just had a, a an awesome flashback. <laughs> that was great. All right. So, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, more sponsors? Of course. Growers House. Duck <coughs> off. Check them out. <laughs> um, they're at 3635 East 34th Street, right here in Tucson, Arizona, Tuxton. <laughs> Just kidding. Tucson. People are like, they, whatever we call it for customer service, something. Oh, you're in Tuxton? Oh, I say, oh, you bet. I sure am. <laughs> Tuxton, Arizona. <laughs> I don't even bother anymore. I'm laughing, giggling. Yeah, I'm in Tuxton. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, you're eligible for that. Uh, and also, if you don't. You didn't hear one of your conditions on there, um, and you're taking a medication or, or some sort of treatment, and it's causing something on this list, then you can also get your card. And then we have a, an educational section, um, and then on that page, there's uh, medical versus recreational. Why would you want to get your medical card? Well, for me, first of all, the, it's le- it's the legalities of it all. I think you get a lot better legal protection with your medical card, especially if you're a a gun carrying citizen. Um, You can have your gun and your card. It's legal per the state of Arizona. Now, federally, that's a no-no, but that's a no-no with anything. Narcotics, you can't can't go to the bar and... (laughs) Well, if you're back in the 1800s, you can't just walk in with your guns, go up to the bar, but God, can you imagine how dangerous that was? Like, everyone's trashed, and you're like, oh, that was my seat. No, it wasn't. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah, not a very good shotgun. <laughs> I think the explosion was better. Yeah, that's more like it. <laughs> Been on too many Western sets lately. All right, um, so <coughs> better legal protection against selling these fines and jail time, which you can still get in the rec program. And, um, okay, let's keep going. Oh, you get a misdemeanor for anything over an ounce. They tell you it's a petty offense, but it's actually a class three misdemeanor, I believe. And call me and correct me, text me if I'm wrong. I, I love to get corrected so I can give you the right information, but I'm pretty sure I read that right. Um, in the medical program, you get way more medicine, two and a half ounces every two weeks, like for real. You get an ounce in the other program. Um, sadly though, they're really, some are really catering to the med, uh, the rec program more than the med program. I just had a really bad experience. I still got a bad taste in my mouth. I got to go back, <laughs> see if they can fix it. Um, 
but you get more medicine, and then you also get um, more concentrates, uh, which is important for people. You get a half gram in the um, in the rec program, and if you're using it recreationally, that's what that's for. You're not going to go buy it like all the time. You don't need it every day, but if you do need it every day, then that's not for you, and that's why you can save. Um, you can save 16% sales tax. It's 25. It's almost 25%, or I think it's 25.1% sales tax. Um, and then the uh, medical program's 8.7, whatever your state tax is. Um, there's the the med program are supposed to test by a third party, and the recreational program is supposed to be testing in house. <laughs> hey guys. How is it? Oh, it's great, man. Give it. I give it a ten. <laughs> no, dude, that's supposed to be forty. Okay, okay. No, make it thirty-eight point one. Make it look real. All right, man. We'll make it look real. Please. Um, there's no limit on the amount of THC that can be in your weed if you're using it for medicinal purposes. Uh, you get ten milligrams of THC per piece and 100 milligrams per bag for recreational. But again, that's recreational. Um, there's a lot of that going on. Um, let's see. And there's no THC limit in your medical program. Um, less tax. And yes, that's it. That is exactly why you should keep your medical card. And it's good for two years now, so it chops the price in half. And Tumbleweed has uh, coupons at all the dispensaries. In fact, I need to, we went around to each and every dispensary in town. Thank you, we didn't hit Green Valley. Um, or Phoenix. Um, but that's okay. So, and that's what you all should do. You should go around and go see for yourself um, exactly what, uh, you know, what's out there, what you like, and, uh, you know, because the quote-unquote bud tenders, which I just, I think that's the stupidest, that's, yeah, that's the word, it's the stupidest name. Um, I just don't like them. Anyway, the folks that are helping you, I hope are, you know, educated, because that's, that's a big, you know, challenge out there, too. Um, but go see, go, and go find someone that you feel comfortable talking with, and that, you know, because, like, <laughs> with my experience going back, I don't want to talk to that guy again. I just don't. He was just rude. So I'll find someone else who's going to, like, actually take some time to talk to me and do a little hand-holding because, you know, I don't know every product in there. And and you can't be rude with people, especially if he was rude to the old lady. Um, and she was old. She was, like, 85. Yeah, dude. Don't be rude, man. That was so awful. Oh, I just wanted to – anyway, you can't be rude. And you've got to find places you like. We picked our favorite dispensary. Um, now, we don't know the owners or anything, um, so, you know, that's you're probably not ever going to know the owners nowadays. It's all going corporate. Um, but it's nice to go in and, and find some staff that you do like uh, that make you feel comfortable and will take time to answer your questions and not just say, hey, man, just eat a half a candy bar. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Just don't. Uh, so, yeah, go around, check them out. There are quite a bit. There's like, I think, 15 of them. Um, hmm, I think so. 
All right, so let's, uh, oh, here is something interesting. People always wonder, can I pop on a drug test for CBD? Well, poison centers in Arizona are noticing a spike in calls from people wondering why they're testing positive for marijuana when they're just using CBD. Dr. Brian Kuhn, clinical toxicologist at Banner's Poison and Drug Information Center, said, quote, it certainly could be that excessive consumption of these CBD products derived from industrial hemp, which has all of the cannabinoids, do lead to accumulation and a subsequent drug test result. Or perhaps, as likely a scenario is consumer purchasing a product that they didn't know contains THC. Yep, and that's possibility too. Very, very huge difference in effect though. People in Arizona and across the country have claimed they have failed a drug test when they've only used CBD, Banner Health cautions. CBD is a derivative of cannabis that isn't supposed to contain tetrahydrocannabinol, GHC, the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana that produces a high. However, Banner said some CBD products may contain small amounts of THC leading to positive drug tests. Banner did not specify how many failed tests have been reported. People use CBD to treat a variety of issues, including chronic pain, anxiety, inflammation, uh, insomnia. Uh, although the only CBD product the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has approved is a prescription used to treat rare, severe forms of epilepsy. Epilepsy. Okay, so, well, and this is, you know, this is the whole thing. You can never say always, and you can always, you know, yeah, just you can never use the always. Or, you know, people say, Am I going to, is this going to make me fail a drug test? And I say, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and it's supposed to have 0.3% or less of THC. That's what it's supposed to have. Um, but obviously, it does not. <laughs> well, maybe not that. Um, I don't know if you would be consuming. THC products and not know <laughs> um, because that that's a that those can be heavy, um, but with uh, the CBD, I'm not so sure if they're saying that um, the point three accumulation could add up. Come on in, Kitty, join the show. We got Kitty coming in. Yep, joining the live Kitty show, cannabis show. Silly, it's a live cannabis show. Like whatever, my show, yeah. Seriously. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, uh, if you are at all scared or leery or weary or anything, if you think that you could get fired for having any amount of THC in your system, just don't do it. Um, now, I'm not so sure um, that they were talking, or they they said from industrial hemp, so. Um, you can get an isolate of just CBD, which is what we have and some other companies have just CBD. There's no other cannabinoid in there whatsoever. Um, and that's just an isolate. So I, and again, we always say we do not know if, you know, companies are testing. We've had a couple of people come in and say that their, uh, their companies are, are testing for, uh, CBD and we're like, mm, okay, well, I, I don't know. I've not been popped on that one yet. So, uh, of course, my company doesn't test for that. None of us are bad. 
All right, let's see here. Let's see here. Where are we? Um, and that was coming from azmarijuana.com. We'll go to their news section and just find some um, some good news. So let me say something about the gummies because apparently the best-selling cannabis brand launches edibles in Arizona. And it's called Wild, W-Y-L-D. So here's the deal with gummies. Like, uh, I know, there's major kitty action in the back. I don't even know why. Um, they're too, like, if you put too much sugar on the outside, it's just really gross. It's their, gummies are already sugar. Why you got to put all that sugar on the top? Blech. And if it's just to keep them from sticking to each other, well, you guys got to figure that one out. Because make them, I mean, I guess you can't make them look like gummy bears. Maybe gummy bunnies. You're welcome. There you go. Gummy bunnies. Uh, yeah, I don't know why your kitties broke my tree. I'm really not happy about that. Um, but don't put sugar on it. So Wild, the best-selling cannabis edibles brand in the U.S., has introduced Wild Sours, the brand's first offer, offering within the sour gummy subcategory. <laughs> Wild's latest product line is now available in seven states, including Arizona, California, Colorado, Michigan, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington. Formulated with the same real fruit ingredients and natural flavors, as Wild's existing product portfolio, Wild Sours also include a proprietary blend of food-grade botanical terpenes to maximize the effects of each product's uh, cannabinoid profile. Wild Sours are currently available in two flavors, including a sativa-enhanced sour apple, ooh, ooh, and an indica-enhanced sour cherry. Yeah, I love, I love both of those. Um, all right, the brand's newest additions also feature a new color-coded packaging designed to educate consumers on terpene effects and ensure consistent and repeatable cannabis experiences. Well, that's a cool thing. Additionally, Wild Sours marks the brand's first product launch as a climate-neutral certified company as the only company, uh, cannabis company with this certification. Sounds good. Wild has met the nonprofit's climate neutrality standards for measuring, offsetting, and reducing greenhouse gas emissions by purchasing high-quality carbon credits and matching 100% of its purchase electricity with renewable energy certificates. Quote, Wild's mission is to create high-quality edibles that uh, resonate with the distinct preference of our loyal consumer community, and we are proud to finally launch our Sours collection after continued customer demand, said Aaron Morris, CEO of Wild. Considering how sour gummies accounted for over 15% of gummy sales last year, our team is especially proud to enter one of the fastest-growing cannabis subcategories and reinforce our position as a leading and forward-thinking edibles brand. Wild Sours is Wild's first product launch since 2021, when the brand introduced its best-selling pair THC CBG gummies. Wild's product line now includes 10 flavors, including raspberry, huckleberry, marionberry, pomegranate, peach, strawberry, and elderberry. Um, and you can see them at wildcanna.com. <clears throat> and I believe those are the ones that I have in my uh, cupboard, and they're just too full of sugar. I don't even want to eat them. I was just trying to think of the other day. I was like, how in the world can I get that sugar off? Ugh, too much sugar. Um, all right, but, you know, that's just me. Okay, so hang on one second, folks. 
haven't talked this much in a while. <laughs> Been playing cowgirl on a movie set. Actually, I played inmate too. <laughs> that was fun. <clears throat> Got my orange jumpsuit and everything. And that was like the day before I was, two days before I was in church. So <laughs> crazy. All right. So the complexities of delta eight and delta ten THC. We're gonna listen to uh, this gentleman here. Okay. Here we go. Hi everyone, uh, this is Dylan Wilk here with uh, Orange Photonics. I'm the CTO uh, and I'm uh, really happy to have you along with us here and I really want to appreciate you uh, spending your time with us. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about Delta 8 and Delta 10 THC and all the complexities around both of them. Uh, really these two cannabinoids uh, deserve a lot more recognition than they probably get at least Delta 10 THC. Uh, and as well as some more understanding because uh, we've seen a lot more of both of them cropping up in, in, uh, in some of our light lab tests that we've seen our customers running lately. So I'm assuming the market in, as, a, as a broad is uh, seeing a lot more of these. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, as many of you know and are probably aware, Delta ATAT in, uh, in particular has a lot of uh, discussions going on about the legality and uh, some of the nature of whether it should be allowed or not. Uh, and there's definitely plenty of resources out there to learn about that. So I'm going to try to stick really hard to the science side of things here. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, how these cannabinoids are made, really, uh, whether they're intentional or not. And in addition, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the challenges uh, that are involved around measuring them and working with the cannabinoids. Uh, as a hint, uh, there's more cannabinoids uh, than meets the eye when it comes to both. Uh, finally, I'm going to go through some real-world examples of how to kind of optimize a product that contains uh, one or both of these products, of, uh, these cannabinoids. Uh, and I'm going to try my best to keep it really simple, uh, but unfortunately for you guys, uh, in a webinar format, I just won't be able to tell if everyone's eyes are glazing over. So I'm going to try really hard to try to keep it simple and not get too far into the lead. So uh, let's get started with Delta 8 THC. Uh, as I'm guessing many of you already know, uh, it's generally made from hemp-derived CBD, although it is actually possible to uh, make it from Delta 9 THC, THC as well as some other cannabinoids. Um, the important thing about Delta 8 THC actually is the little double bond in the uh, diagram in the upper right there. Uh, if you look at the bottom one, that double bond is on the opposite side. So that is really the only difference between Delta 8 and Delta 9 THC. And uh, by the way, for those of you who are kind of chemistry newbies, a double bond means that the two atoms on either side of the, of the bond there are sharing two electrons versus a single bond, which is more common, uh, that shares just one electron. And the, the atoms we're talking about here are actually carbon atoms. So those rings are rings of carbon. And in the case of uh, Delta 8 and Delta 9, they're just one set of those two carbons that's sharing uh, two electrons instead of one. So that one little difference is the only thing that's different between Delta 9 and Delta 8 THC. It really is kind of interesting to think about the fact that uh, that's the only difference between them and uh, it alters the psychoactive properties of the molecule. Uh, but then again, the brain is a pretty complicated machine, so it's uh, a little bit not surprising. Uh, one other chemistry fact that I wanted to uh, let you know about that I think is kind of interesting and I think will help understand uh, what's going on when we start talking about these things is if you look at both of those cannabinoids, you see two kind of hexagonal rings. These are commonly called benzene rings, and uh, you can see two of them in delta HHC. Uh Those are common structures in chemistry, and the really interesting thing that's kind of important here is that they're actually
actually very difficult to break apart. In fact, that's how they were first kind of uh, discovered is that they, the molecules didn't re react as much as people expected them to. And as we're going to see, uh, things can happen to those rings, meaning bonds can move around, things can connect to them, but they don't generally break apart. And what that means is that generally when things happen, uh, the, the cannabinoids themselves aren't going to break apart, but instead they're going to alter into different forms of, of the cannabinoids. Uh, anyway, I don't want to get too far into the weeds here, so before I get in trouble, I'm going to uh, keep going on to the next slide. So uh, let's take a little bit of a look at how Delta-8-THC is made. Uh, if you're looking for a real recipe book on how to actually do this, you're going to be pretty disappointed here. Uh, but I wanted to give a gist of what happens, uh, since it's, most, it's really important later on when I start telling you about how much of okay it is to test and work with. Uh, and just another note, uh, for those of you who are really paying attention, the pictures on the right are actually not how to make Delta THC. They're actually how to make uh, lemonade, but it's kind of surprisingly similar. Uh, so don't follow those either unless it's a really hot day and you want to make something drink. Uh, so basically what's going on is, or how it's made really is, you start with your CBD isolate or concentrate, and that's dissolved into a solvent. Um, Usually this is something like heptane, but it's, it's basically a solvent that, you, that you're dissolving it into. And then after that, you add some acid to it. And then really all you're doing is heating and stirring it. And this usually is over a, a pretty long period of time. Uh, generally something like 10 hours is common, but uh, it can be much less or much more depending on the, the processes that are used, the acids that are used, and generally just the recipe that the person making it is using. So that's really all it takes to actually make delta THC. Uh, but to make a usable product, uh, you've got to wash out those bad solvents, uh, and the acids you're using have got to be neutralized. Uh, and so also some folks will go as far as uh, doing what's called uh, preparative chromatography to further purify and isolate the delta-8 from other of the byproducts that are, that are made in the process. Uh, so one other thing I just want to mention here is it's really important to actually test your product here. From a safety perspective, uh, in a process control perspective, you're going to have no idea what you've really made uh, unless you run a test. And uh, we'll see in a minute why it's really important to uh, test any product that was made by someone else. Uh, the reason that this is so important is that uh, you really don't know what you're going to get, and, and there's other things that could be lurking in there, including Delta-9 THC, which could be a problem uh, if you're trying to make a hemp-compliant uh, Delta-8 THC. And uh, not to, to shamelessly plug our own light lab device, but that's a great tool to use uh, for measuring Delta-8 THC and processes around it uh, to ensure your product is what you're expecting it to be. So uh, let's uh, now we know how it's made, let's talk about all the other kind of fun stuff that's being made alongside it. So when you make Delta-8 uh, with these common methods, you're actually ending up with many compounds, not just Delta-8. Uh, some of the obvious ones are shown around here, uh, and they're called structural isomers. Uh, but we actually don't know if these are the only things that are present. Remember, this stuff is only recently being made in large quantities, so uh, there's not like there's a, a huge amount of uh, studying going on at the moment. But what we do know is that double bond that I mentioned earlier uh, kind of ends up playing uh, musical chairs when the acid and heat are present. Uh, I'm not going to go into so, so really, if you look at all these uh, kind of cannabinoids I'm showing up here, you've got delta-9, delta-8-THD, which we've already talked about, uh, but also delta-10, uh, which is over on the right upper right-hand corner where that double bond is moved over once, and then delta 6 a 10 a THD uh, in the bottom right-hand corner at delta 7, and then that double bond can actually also uh, end up on the on the outside of the ring, and that's called hexo-THD. Um, so uh, the, I'm not going to get into kind of the really deep stuff on enthalpy and, and thing, energy levels and things like that, but 
what generally happens when you make this process is uh, delta-8 is going to be the primary cannabinoid made because of the lowest energy state. And then there's going to be some delta-9 and lesser amounts of some of these other compounds. And yes, that does mean that more often than not, delta-8 is going to contain at least some delta-9. Uh, in fact, majority of the samples we've come across contain significant amounts of delta-9. Um, so uh, this is all fine and good. You've made some delta-8. Uh, you maybe have made some delta-9 and a few other cannabinoids are present as well. Uh, that's not necessarily the end of the world, but when you're testing for your product, uh, this is generally done with what's called an HDLT or high-performance liquid chromatograph. Uh, well, that <clears throat> is a fancy word. You want to know what else is fancy? Puff, puff, I'll be blazing and smoking it, about to go and get some munchies next Passing up on those cracker jacks, Reese's Pizza's a wear it Gotta get me some soda pop, cotton mouth has been creeping up I can't remember where I put my keys, yeah, that's what's up I'ma take your grandpa's ride, I'ma take your grandpa's ride No, for real, ask your grandpa, can I take a 65? Seville cruising to my local Publix Nothing better than rolling with two super fly chicks They have frozen burritos, I bought frozen burritos I bought some Ben and Jerry's, and then I bought some Cheetos Hello, hello, my main man Obama A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana What you gonna do, send the feds there? Hell no, the DEA's would be like, aw, oh, they got volcanoes I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got $20 in my pocket I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking know about the science of marijuana what you know about people suffering from glaucoma they need it they need it it helps them with their condition if you don't believe me then just ask some eye physicians thank your granddad for voting for that guy richard nixon is the president who made the plant illegal but science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector fighting to keep all of that illegal alcohol and tobacco pharmaceutical prisons i'll take those four major lobby groups and fight those motherfuckers they're making money day and night all those motherfuckers and bribing congress out of sight all those motherfuckers They'd be like, oh, it's immoral and unhealthy I'm like, how many people are you making wealth? Anti-marijuana lobbies are making all kinds of profits And they don't want you to stop it because of all the special interests I call that getting swindled and pimped shit I call that getting tricked by the government That law's hella old So it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control Peak game, look into my political telescope Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't Not hella won't Being a hypocrite, you used to smoke weed, fool. I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got $20 in my pocket. 
understand, hey, is, is my change here uh, really causing a, a, a change that makes a difference to my final end product? Uh, another method to keep Delta 9 uh, low that's kind of involved in the process side of things is you could actually do a really short uh, reaction time and leave a significant amount of the unreacted CBD. Uh, and what you're going to end up if you do that is a lot of CBD, a lot of Delta 8, but overall the amount of Delta 9 will be lower. So you're able to create uh, a product that might be compliant. Yes, it's not pure Delta 8, but it's a mix of Delta 8 and CBD, which could have some uh, appeal and market value. Uh, the second thing uh, you can do is actually dilute your uh, Delta 8 THC. And this is kind of the most common thing to do. And by dilute, I mean, you could put it in edibles, uh, which dilutes it, of course. Uh, you could dilute it with an appropriate vapor dab oil or simply dilute it back into a CBD oil. And uh, again, here, if you're testing along the way, you can ensure your final product is what you expect it to be. And the third thing you can do is, uh, and it works great, is actually purify uh, your uh, sample using preparative chromatography or a similar technique. Uh, remember, I was mentioning the little peaks that we were showing earlier on that chromatogram. Uh, preparative chromatography is really kind of the same thing on a big scale, and it allows you to uh, separate the delta eight from different materials, and it works really well actually. But it, it just can be time-consuming and expensive, so in some cases it may not very well be worth it. So. Let's go on to actually Delta 10 THC now, uh, since we talk a little bit about Delta 8. Uh, Delta 10, uh, again, is uh, pretty simple in and of itself. As you see, uh, the, there's actually some confusion around what Delta 10 really means. Uh, the, the official Delta 10 is just another double bond swap we discussed earlier. In fact, it was on that list I mentioned before. Uh, but there's really two, yeah, so if you look on the right hand, the upper, uh, sorry, the upper picture up there, you'll see that double bond on kind of the right hand side of that ring, whereas Delta 8 in the bottom is on the upper left. Uh, but there's actually two kind of confusing things here. And the first one is that, and many times, many labs, and this is getting better, uh, but they may misidentify Delta 10 as CBC, uh, or cannabichromine, uh, since in most HDLC systems, they actually overlap. Uh, LightLab gets around this by using uh, multiple wavelength drug analysis, so we can use both spectroscopy as well as the chromatography and, and uh, separate the two out rather easily. But many labs just use a single wavelength, and if they're not aware of this issue, uh, they may actually misidentify your Delta-10 uh, as CBC. The other thing that's uh, kind of confusing about Delta-10 is uh, that what was really being made most of the time when Delta 10 is being made is a mess of compounds, just like there is with Delta H. And I'm mean, gonna get that, get into that in a bit, but I wanted to talk about a little bit how it's made first, since uh, usually it's actually an inadvertent uh, cannabinoid it's made. It's really made when things are going wrong during kind of distillation of, of cannabinoids. Uh, I'm gonna give a quick primer on distillation of cannabinoids. Sorry about that. Uh, since this is generally uh, where Delta 10 is created, uh, I, how it works is really you take some raw cannabis oil. This is uh, oil that's been extracted from a uh, CO2 extractor or ethanol extractor, similar, and you put that oil into a, uh, a flask and heat it up. Uh, that's what's showing there in the bottom of the little heat plate. Um, and what you're doing is you're trying to uh, boil those cannabinoids off, and then you capture them in another flask uh, that's been cooled. So you heat it up, boil it, and separate it, and then uh, cool it. And the reason you do that is you're separating uh, things that boil at different temperatures in the cannabinoids. So you can really make a nice, maybe 90% plus pure uh, cannabinoid in your oil. Uh, and one other point about it is uh, generally when this is done, uh, you're actually pulling a vacuum on this whole closed system. So you're sucking all the air out. And the reason you do that is it controls the boiling temperature and also 
uh, lowers the boiling temperature so that your samples aren't sitting in that heat for too long and degrade. Uh, usually when people think of uh, degradation of cannabinoids from the heat and things, they're thinking of CBN or cannabinol as a degradation product. But really that's not actually, well, that is true. It's not the whole uh, story. And I'm going to kind of show you what I mean by that here. So uh, what I'm showing right here is uh, a degradation pathway. Well, actually two, two degradation pathways from Delta 9 THC to CBN. And I think most of you are familiar with both of these compounds. Uh, but what's usually not as well known is that there are several intermediate steps to get from Delta 9 to CBN. And they're kind of, you can see them dropping through here. Uh, the upper left-hand corner is Delta 9, the lower right-hand corner is CBN. So all those other molecules in between are uh, other steps that are required to get to CBN. Or these, are the, these are two of the known pathways. And the pathways do depend a little bit on the environment and what's going on. So in many cases, it may become other uh, pathways as well. But these are two common ones. Uh, and the interesting thing is most of these uh, intermediate steps uh, are, they're not very stable and they're going to not last very long before they degrade into the next step. But there's actually a couple of them that are quite stable, uh, it turns out. And I'm going to show a zoomed in picture of a couple of these that, that will show up in a minute. So don't worry about squinting at this. I know it's a little bit small, but I just wanted to kind of point out here that uh, the pathway to CBN isn't as simple as, oh, Delta 9 and then it heats up and now it's CBN. There's a lot of chemistry going on in the background. And some of those other cannabinoids are going to pop out from that, that chemistry that, that's going through. So uh, when things go, don't go right with the, with the heat and the distillation process, you're tending to make a mess of compounds. And just like the mess made during the Delta ATHC process, uh, there's going to be several things. And in many cases, we actually don't know all the things that are created yet, which is unfortunate, but that's the state of the industry at the moment. I have put four of the compounds we, we have identified, uh, though there are certainly others. And uh, the two on the left are ones we've actually already discussed a little bit. Uh, they're, the, they're just different uh, structural isomers of THC, as I said before. So the double bond has moved around. That's delta 10 THC and delta 6A, 10A THC. On the right, something else is going on. So those are the same exact molecules, but if you look at the two orange circles, there's those two OHs. Uh, on the molecules there, uh, and those are called hydroxyl groups, and uh, they're likely happening when the, the cannabinoids are reacting with some residual water in the uh, in the whole system. So if those of you who are really good at chemistry, you might remember that H2O is water, so that means water has two hydrogens and one oxygen. So uh, what likely happens is the hydrogen leaves the gas, and you're left with this hydroxyl group, which connects onto the cannabinoid. Uh, and so for Light Lab, when we say uh, delta 10 THC, we're actually grouping these four cannabinoids and possibly others as well into the same bucket because they're all kind of coming from the same thing and they're all structurally quite similar and uh, act quite similar. Um, it's a lot harder to say delta 10 THC, or sorry, easier to say delta 10 THC than to say delta 10A, 6, or 6A, 10A dihydroxy THC. So that's often why people use delta 10 THC to kind of refer to uh, a few of these uh, cannabinoids and degradation products. Uh, but the important thing here is uh, that uh, many of these degradation products all uh, mean kind of the same thing, and that is that something is likely going wrong in your distillation process. And let's talk a little bit about what can be done about that and why it's happening. So uh, the first thing, the first line of defense, of course, is uh, testing. Uh, so you don't really know what's uh, in your product unless you test it, of course. And the ability to do that on-site is uh, going to end up saving you time and money. 
So again, uh, I'm going to shamelessly plug our Light Lab as a great tool to do this kind of testing. But really, there's kind of four major things that could be going on. Some other things could happen as well, but these are kind of four major things that could be looked out for. And uh, the simplest of these is the first one there, uh, which is using too high or too much temperature and heat when you're distilling. Uh, this is going to cause uh, degradation of the cannabinoids simply by the heat. Uh, so making sure you have not only the right temperature, but also a nice even heat, you're stirring and ensuring your, your heat is, is uh, spread across the whole flask is, is really important. The second thing is, uh, if you have a vacuum leak, the boiling temperature is going to go up, so those cannabinoids are going to end up stewing in that, in that heat, and they're going to start degrading. So having a poor vacuum is a, is a sure sign you're going to get some degradation products. And third, uh, everyone wants to, of course, get as much as you can out of your raw cannabis soil when you're distilling, but if you just let things go on and run forever and distill for many, many, uh, much longer than, than typical, uh, you're going to start to degrade things because that bottom part is going to end up being in the heat for so much so much time that degradation is going to occur. And then finally, uh, extra water in the system might potentially cause these uh, dihydroxy cannabinoids I mentioned earlier. Uh, there's more likelihood that they're going to form when there's more of those uh, hydroxyl groups or OH molecules floating around. So uh, one final point I wanted to make, though, is that uh, many people are actually trying to make Delta 10 or CBN or some of these other products uh, through intentional degradation. So in that case, uh, some of the above points can actually be used to facilitate that, but there's often other things going on like catalysts and other processes on, on the chemistry side that can help add to that process and speed things along. So if you're trying to make Delta 10, THC, or some of these other degradation products, or even CBN, you're going to be aware of these things, and you're going to probably use some other chemistry as well uh, to get things going. So... Uh, I want to kind of summarize things here a little bit. Uh, apologize to anyone, first of all, if that is confused here. I know there's a lot of uh, chemistry going on, and probably even bigger apologies to any chemists that are tuning in, because uh, this could probably be seen as a really broad generalization. So my intent here was to provide some basic background information about these kind of interesting and novel cannabinoids, and really show that it's not just delta-10 or it's not just delta-8, but there's really this class of cannabinoids that come from these different reactions that are people doing. And uh, understanding that is really important to understanding what is in one of these products uh, and a kind of a final product over time. Uh, I'm happy to, of course, make introductions to other qualified people for folks that are interested, as well as uh, talk to anyone that wants to kind of, uh, you know, go a little bit deeper into this. But I think the main thing is here, if you're making or even buying Delta 8 THC, you just really need to be wary of the fact that Delta 8 THC is not really just Delta 8 THC. It's a lot of different cannabinoids, and one of them can be Delta 9. So uh, understanding and possibly testing that is really going to be important. And similarly with Delta 10, if your distillation is going wrong and you're getting lower numbers than you're expecting, it might be good to look at that Delta 10 number or some of these dust degradation products to really understand uh, – what you're, what's going on and see if there's something uh, wrong with your process. Or on the other hand, as I mentioned before, if you're looking at degradation products, you can maximize them through the same process. Uh, so really one common thread here is that in order to better understand kind of these complex uh, products that contain these many, many compounds, it's really helpful to have kind of testing capabilities in-house that will ultimately make a more safe, compliant, and really consistent product. So, uh, I think that's all I've got at the moment. Uh, I know I'm a little bit quick here. Let me start that up again. Uh, but uh, if anybody has any questions or anything, I think we have time to uh, 
to answer a few. So uh, I think our, my colleague Ashley is ready uh, with some questions, and I'm happy to take them. So thank you very much, everyone. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, so a question came in. You mentioned that Delta-8 has lots of different other cannabinoids in it. How much Delta-9 do you typically see in Delta-8 distillate? Uh, well, it really depends a lot. So when we look at some of the uh, results we've seen internally, uh, we see anywhere, uh, these are on distillate samples, so they're roughly 80%, let's call it Delta-8 THC. We may see anywhere from about 5 to 25% Delta-9 THC. So it can be a fairly large component, but certainly less than half generally. Uh, I, from our understanding, although, uh, you know, there's, there's still a lot to be understood here, uh, the longer that reaction happens, likely the lower Delta-9 THC is there, is there. But certainly there's other factors at play. So there are ways to make some that are, are significantly lower, but we haven't seen any that contains absolutely none uh, sorry, absolutely no Delta-9 without uh, a further purification step yet. So, again, maybe somebody comes up with that uh, magic bullet, but we haven't seen it yet. And how can you tell if your lab is measuring your Delta-8 correctly? I think there's kind of two ways. One would be I would certainly want to talk with them about what types of products and processes they're using. Uh, some labs uh, that we know of are... Uh, intentionally running different types of programs on their HCLC to better separate Delta-8 and Delta-9 THC. So those labs will likely uh, have a reasonably good, uh, good chance of measuring accurately. Whereas other ones, if they're kind of going through a high-speed, high-throughput type of situation, they may not, in fact, uh, be able to separate the two. So the two things I would do is get a good relationship and talk with your lab. Uh, the second thing I would say is send it to multiple labs. Or if you have a light lab, you can compare your lab with your light lab and try to see how things are matching up. And another question that came in, what acid is typically used in the Delta-8 process? Oh, that's what I wanted to know. Ooh, there's a few of them. I mean, I, I don't want to get into the really big details here, but I think hydrochloric acid is one. Uh, there's other kinds of Lewis acids that are used, but I'm not... Uh, I'm not really well versed in the exact processes, so there may be other people I could point to that could give a little bit more information, but I know hydrochloric acid is, is one of them, uh, but again, it depends. There's many, many different ways people are doing this uh, that kind of end with a similar end result. So kind of a non-answer, but I, I, I think that's the best I can do. Uh, how does Light Lab measure Delta-8 differently than a normal HPLC would? So we have kind of two things that are generally different. Uh, labs can certainly do some of these things as well. Uh, so I'm not, you know, certainly labs do different uh, methods, so I can't generalize too much. But what we do is when we detect that there is delta 10 I'm sorry, delta 8 THC in the product, we can actually uh, re further analyze things. So we take our original results, say, hey, there's delta 8 in here, and then we can specifically look at the area where delta 8 is and apply some other uh, analysis and algorithms uh, alongside our current ones and do a better job of separating the two out. Uh, so what we're really doing is taking a single pass at it, saying, hey, there's Delta-8 in here, and then we say, okay, now we've got to look closer at that one area where the overlaps are occurring and do a careful job of separating those two out. That's a real simple way of, of doing it, but essentially that's, that's how we are approaching this. Hmm. Uh, does the original light lab measure Delta-8? Unfortunately, it does not. So our newer light lab, which is called Light Lab 3, 
uh, is a higher resolution system, so it's able to do the separation that's required here. But as I've shown, as, as I've shown in those uh, chromatograms, you can see it's a, it's a little difficult to separate the two. So the original Light Lab, while it still works as a good tool, it just doesn't have the resolution to be able to uh, separate those two. Um, so and there is certainly upgrade uh, processes as well for, for that kind of thing. So if, if you do have a light lab too and you're interested in measuring these, uh, definitely contact our sales team or myself. And an uh, interesting question. What other minor cannabinoids might you expect to see hit the market next? Hmm. <laughs> I don't have a great magic ball, but I can give you my opinion anyway. So I'll take it with a grain of salt. Um, hmm. But uh, I, I, my feeling is people have been talking about them a fair amount uh, for a while now, but some of these barren cannabinoids, so CBDZ, CBDZA, uh, THCZA, and THCZ are likely to uh, start cropping up more and more. Although people have been talking about them, and we found that one of the challenges we have is something that's to measure these is actually finding real-world samples in the wild that contain them. And we've just started to see some samples that actually contain significant amounts of these cannabinoids. So uh, that's why I think that they're likely coming along and, and uh, we're going to work really hard to, to work with those new kind of uh, novel cannabinoids. But I would, I would look closely at barren species and barren cannabinoids. Mm, Great. Um, thank you. I think that it. we are just about out of time to take any more questions. And that was Dylan Wilkes. CTO, hmm, uh, uh, technical team for Orange uh, orangephotonics.com. Check them out. If you have any questions, sales at orangephotonics.com. And I can't believe it. I think the whole show went through, so we're not going to jinx anything. We're going to leave it at that and say thank you so much for tuning in to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. Now I know. I think I just have to sit by the window. I think I just have to sit by the window. All right. Well, you all have a good, beautiful, sunshine day. It's going to be flipping hot today. Let's see what the weather's going to be here in, in uh, sunny Tucson. It's going to be a high of 106 today. Whoa, that's flipping hot. Holy hot. So make sure your um, ACs are in order. Hope we didn't just jinx anything. Um, we have, I'm pretty sure we've got some guests coming up soon. Uh, let's see. Next week? Nope. Um, in a few weeks, I know we've got some guests coming. So um, tune in again. We said Wednesday. You can find us at tumbleweedhealthcenter.com. Remember, be smart, be safe, educate, and happy birthday, Canada's kids.